0: Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. We have a lot more empowerment for you, though, off the air. You can get advice from a member of Team Clark for free over 40 hours each week. Scroll down a little on clark.com. You'll see the phone number and hours we're available for you to get free off-the-air advice. Coming up in just minutes, Instead of a Clark Rage, I have a sizzling deal for you. There is a great cell phone deal. If you can get it, it's the first one of the Christmas shopping season to appear in the marketplace, and it is quite a bargain. And then later, how brilliant were the folks with Reese's setting up a reverse vending machine to take in candy you don't want to give you. Candy, They hope you want. And there's so much stuff going on right now with robotics involved with your eating and shopping. I'm going to fill you in on how it's going to make your life easier, if not in the next few weeks for this Christmas season. There'll be some that will. It absolutely is going to get easier for you moving forward. Something that's been no fun at all for the Marriott Corporation no fun for its guests, strikes that have popped up around the United States at Marriott Properties, and not just Marriott-branded, Sheridan's, other of the brands that Marriott owns, which are most of the well-known and recognized brands in the world in the hotel business, is the largest player. And in areas where unions are active in the hotel business, and these strikes are going on Uh, I just witnessed this in California where my wife and I were out and about and we went by well one of them I was out before my wife was up because I had gotten up really early to go get something to eat and then go work out and before dawn I heard this loud racket and of course being like curious George I had to go see what the racket was and I round a corner on a street in San Francisco called Market Street and there was this band of demonstrators and people banging on plastic paint buckets as loud as they possibly could so that no one in the hotel could get any sleep. And this is going on where starting very early in the morning till late at night, it becomes very, very uncomfortable to stay in any of these properties that are targeted by the strikers. And I read a report about people staying at a resort in Hawaii where there's no food service, no housekeeping service. People have to go to a front desk to get towels until they run out. They have to go get sheets to change their own linens and unfortunately Marriott says no discounts for anybody unless you ask they don't say unless you ask but reading media accounts that's what you got to do and doesn't matter what you're paying unless you ask they're not cutting your rate at all so whether the strikers are right or not or anything like that that's not what I'm talking about it's what you're affected by, by the strike. And what I recommend to you is if you are booked at a hotel in a city that is known for having active unions, that you check first before you go to see if there is a strike going on at the property, and then you decide if you really want to stay there and deal with the inconvenience. And that specifically... I. I want to be so careful here because that's specifically what the union's trying to do is get people to book away so that Marriott will yield and give the workers more money and I don't want to step into that management labor battle but I do have a responsibility to you to let you know what kind of hassle you could face and you make your own decision. Cameron's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello Cameron. Hi Clark. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: So Cameron, you were struck by lightning four times, fought off an alligator, and you also won the lottery.
1: I did, yes sir.
0: So you know why I said those first things?
1: Because they rarely happen also.
0: Well, they're more likely to happen. (laughs) But you (laughs) defied the odds, and congratulations to you, and you won the lottery, so Tell me what you actually won, or, or what uh, you, I, how much you want to share with me. It's your choice how much information <laughs> you want to share. Well,
1: it wasn't it wasn't the Powerball or Mega Millions, but uh, it was one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars.
0: Well, congratulations! Now, do Thank you have you. a choice of taking? money over time that would be a bigger pile of money or taking the cash or is it just one of those prizes that you just get the hundred and eighteen thousand and then minus I your tax? The,
1: I took the uh the hundred and eighteen thousand dollar deal. Okay. And uh they immediately took uh twenty eight thousand dollars right there at the lotto office. Uh, okay for, so let me I gotta warn
0: tax. you about something right away. That is only a guesstimate of your ultimate tax bill and you could be getting a portion of that back as a refund when you file your tax return next year for this year or you could owe additional money and it's based on what else you earn in your life and what that would do to your overall adjusted gross income whether you would owe additional beyond that 28 or you'd be getting a portion of that 28 return to you.
1: Right, and this is my question. Uh, I've been told that if I collect all my dead or non-winning tickets, that when tax time comes, I could provide those as a loss and potentially get uh, more uh, back on my return. Is that?
0: Yeah, is you're that describing what of? you're describing what professional gamblers do. That they, if okay. they have a winning, they set uh, the winning off against the losses they've had prior. And yes, that is potentially true, and this is a year, if you don't normally do so, you want to hire a CPA who does tax or an enrolled agent to handle your tax return and advise you how to do this exactly right.
1: The, okay, yeah, cost, of,
0: the cost of having a professional prepare the return is negligible compared to anything you might do that might trip you up. would cause a problem later but you're someone who regularly plays the lottery and you have records of how much you've spent over time
1: yes Uh, let's say i'll I'll grab a a scratch off ticket or one of those tickets and it's a loser i'll hold on to that and put it and file it away i am so
0: so impressed with you i can't stand it
1: (laughs) so and also (laughs) if i'm at the gas station pumping gas and i see somebody's discarded their ticket in the trash i'll you didn't just say that to me stop
0: stop stop I didn't hear that. You're right. You didn't okay. say that either.
1: Ones that I bought and I, I scratched off. Okay, that, that's I fine. It, then I reached down and grabbed it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Much better answer. So um, what are you going to do with somewhere plus or minus 90 grand?
1: Well, I've already, I've already done with it. I, I got completely out of debt, uh, paid off vehicles, some high-interest credit cards, and uh, basically had about... 75 dollars left over (laughs) oh
0: man zero you know if you had called me if you had called me before you did all that i would have said to you take nine thousand of the dollars and just be crazy with them so you have some (laughs) kind of (laughs) fun from it but but if you were a hundred percent practical and you're good with that then great
1: perfect that's what that's what i did and now the, the 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 prize is trying to stay out of debt
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, have you ever heard me talk about debitize or debics?
1: I don't believe so. No.
0: Well, check those out in your spare time, and they're they're uh, apps, they're programs that what they do is they turn your credit cards basically into functioning almost like a debit card, where they prevent you essentially from spending money you don't have. Right. And so it prevents you from running up credit card balances.
1: That's okay. That's good because I, I, I'm tempted daily.
0: So this is a way to avoid the temptation. I mean, you got a bolt of blue out of the sky. It rained great benefits to you with extinguishing debt. And so now, if you use this as a fresh start and use debitize or debits, then maybe that will put you on automatic pilot for staying. Out of credit card debt moving forward, Chris is with us on the Clark Howard show. Chris. I guess you wish that your wife had won that lottery ticket.
2: Oh yeah, I wish what's
0: going on with your wife?
2: uh thanks for the call Clark um sure. so yeah we um we have outstanding uh debt from her student loans. My wife is now a stay-at-home mom. We have one child and another on the way very soon.
0: Congratulations um, to the two of you.
2: Thank you, sir. Um, I've done a pretty good job myself of getting my student loans paid down. The other, the only other thing that was just in my name is our mortgage. I don't have any credit card or any of that debt. But um, my father-in-law is the co-signer on my wife's student loans. She owes about $65,000 on those, and I think there's probably over $40,000 worth that are just non-competitive market rates that we're paying. We're paying way too high a rate on those. Um, What I'm wanting to ask you is, um, what's the best way, knowing that I'm already going to get aggressive and start putting some extra principal payments to these kids to get them out of there especially since we tried um there was a company that my employer gives us a little bit of a bonus to use maybe it's like a, a automatic principal or a extra quarter percent lower rate and using my wife's information even with me as the co they rejected us
0: okay so um have you checked SoFi? Are they interested in you?
2: Uh, SoFi is precisely who I did use.
0: And they rejected um, you.
2: Now, um, I also used uh, Credible from your website. And if mm-hmm. you don't mind, I'll, I'll mention that the, the creditor that did actually get back to us was um, Citizens Bank. And so they're the only uh, lender so far that we've actually... Based on my wife's information, obviously she doesn't have an income and she doesn't have a long credit history. Um, Even using my information with a really good credit score and a decent salary, they were the only ones that kind of came back to us.
0: Now, what about Prosper and Lending Club? Have you tried either of them?
2: I did not. I'll write that down.
0: So Prosper and Lending Club are where uh, other individuals lend money to you. And it may or may not save you money. And the interest rate you're paying right now, a lot of these I can tell because there's a cosigner and all that, these are private loans. Right. And what interest rate are they currently carrying?
2: So the two biggest ones, coincidentally, are 12.5% and 8.5%. Right.
0: The 12.5% is really ugly. I would concentrate on that one. Right. And see if you can get that to a lower weight rate with Prosper or Lending Club. Whatever amount you can move across will be almost certainly an advantage to you. Do you know what your current credit score is?
2: Uh, it's in the mid-700s.
0: Okay. So that should get you in a pretty good category. How many years do you want to take to pay off the money that's at that 12.5%? How much is at 12.5%? Okay.
2: So the 125 has 19000 left, and then the 8.5% has 21000 left. Okay, so
0: that's perfect. That's a perfect scenario. You leave the 8.5% alone, the 12.5%, see if you can take that out uh, at Prosper or Lending Club or a combination of those two, get those rates down, and then you get your father-in-law out from under being a cosigner on that 125 which would be great also, the 8.5% is high, but it's uh, with its high normal. That one I would just pay minimums on, put the emphasis on paying off that debt that's at 12.5, hopefully refied into a lower rate. Normally at this time, you would be hearing a Clark-rageous moment, but instead, we got sizzling deal time for you. Why? Because the first of the cell phone deals that we're going to have in the month of November, kicked off today, and it is a T-Mobile special in conjunction with the cult phone, the OnePlus 6T. The lines, there was an early presale of the phone in New York, and the lines were five times the size of the lines that happened for the recent introduction of the new Apple phones, the new iPhones. The OnePlus 6T is something that people that are into technology just really rave about, top specs of any cell phone, and it retails at $580, but T-Mobile, for the next few days, with a very generous list of trade-in phones, drops the price effectively to $280. And so if you go to T-Mobile.com, dot com, and you don't have to be a T-Mobile customer, or even if you are an existing one, you can get this deal where you can go dig out an old phone out of a drawer, so many qualify, you take it in, as long as it'll power up and it doesn't have a cracked screen, they'll take it, give you the $300 in bill credits, and you pay a net effective price of 280 for the OnePlus 6T, screen size about 6 and a, inches, 6.4, something like that. And they are great phones. I've had the OnePlus One, the OnePlus 5 predecessor models, excellent phones. One other deal, Costco is offering a deal to its members who will set up auto renew. If you will go to auto renew instead of paying to renew your membership manually each year, one time only they'll give you a $20 Costco cash card And we have a link to that at clark.com and clarkdeals.com so you'll know how to get that $20 Costco cash card. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So you know today is a big bargain day for you to go buy Halloween candy post-date. I got to go do that. I love what Reese's did. You may have heard me mention it earlier that Reese's did a great publicity stunt that's working so well for them that they're going to expand it a lot next year where they have these reverse vending machines that are giant Reese's peanut butter cup vending machines and you put in, they call it your lame candy? Yeah, lame candy in the vending machine and out pops Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't know what they do with all the lame candy that you're essentially donating to the vending beast, but the idea of automated things like this return candy machine, this is in so many facets involved with retail, we're going to see so much automation moving forward way past vending machines. You may have heard that Walmart is testing at Sam's Club. A concept called Sam's Club Now, which is a a store that you just, it's self-serve. You go in, you pick out what you want, you just walk out the door. And I was recently, I'm an Amazon Prime member and I was in an Amazon Go where you just walk in with the Amazon Go app, you uh, hold your phone up to a reader, it opens these gates, you walk into the store... You take whatever you want off the shelf, and they have these ultra-intelligent artificial intelligence cameras that know what you picked up. If you decide later, I don't really want that, you put it back on the shelf. It knows that too, and it shows you on your phone as you get ready to walk out everything that you have selected, and you walk out, and it automatically charges the credit card you have on file on the Amazon Go app. So no lines, nothing like that. And this kind of thing that Amazon and Walmart are doing, this is going to sweep retailing. And I've talked about how at Sam's Club, now you can do your own checkout. Walmart is with the, um, with the Sam's Club app. They used to have a separate app called Scan & Go. Now it's all incorporated in one app. So you go around, you just barcode your items to your phone, and when you're done, you go to the door and you just leave. And you're paid for. No more standing in lines. But there's one area that the automation is going to be more not specifically direct for you like that, and that's the supermarket business. And supermarkets are real technology laggards, but there are a number of Silicon Valley startups that have developed shopping robots that use artificial intelligence to go around with your list in uh, warehouses owned by supermarkets. Some of them are designed to work even in an existing supermarket, but that's much more complicated. And it's all about the fact that online purchasing and delivery of groceries today is incredibly labor-intensive. And the, the new technologies are going to allow robotics to dramatically lower the cost of you doing pickup at a pickup area of a supermarket or you having home delivery of your groceries. Because right now, if you use Instacart or someone like that, there is an actual human running around Picking out items from an electronic shopping list, one item after another, I mean, that is an extremely labor-intensive and expensive task, and so that is the kind of stuff that is going to change behind the scenes to make it much more possible for you to have what more and more people now expect, and that is whatever you want to be able to order it and have it show up at your door and hopefully be the items you actually asked for. Kim is with us on the Clark Howard show. Hi Kim. Hi Clark. How are Kim. you doing? Kim, how are you because what you're about to do is a wonderful very special thing. Share with your fellow listener. Yep.
3: Yes, yeah, so my husband and I were 33 years old. And we're about to pay off our $360,000 mortgage at the end here. So we've got just a few months left, um, and we'll have it paid off by the end of the year. So,
0: so wait, you started crazy. at three you are not writing a $360,000 check all at once at the end of the year.
3: Correct. Yeah. Yep. We started eight years ago, purchased our home, and over the years just started aggressively paying more and more every year. Um, we had a couple kids, actually three kids now, and just recently had another one um, a few months ago. and every year we just started throwing additional money at the house, anything we could kind of spare um, and have really kind of been very careful with our spending over the years. We haven't had any cable, um, we have very cheap cell phone plans, so we've just been I guess extreme minimal minimalist so
0: kind of you you have low. been you have been living your life with the goal of being financially independent, being debt-free, and a lot of people expect that's not possible when you have a lot of kids. And I lost count there. You said 3 plus 1 or 2 plus 1 more recently? Uh,
3: 2 plus 1. We have 3 kids okay. now. Because yes. oh, the way be you sure. said that,
0: I couldn't tell if it was 3 plus... Oh, and I forgot I just had the fourth one, or if it was 2 plus 1 equaling 3. So 3 kids... And the kids are are fantastic, they're priceless, but they're also costly, and you've been able to do that and wipe out a $360,000 mortgage in eight years, and you have so much to be proud of yourself and your husband for.
3: Thanks, Clark. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, too, if I could ask a quick question, if you have any advice on... What do we kind of do next? I guess, what would you kind of recommend for our next investment option?
0: So where I would really turn my attention is saving for retirement. I don't know what priority that's been to this point, but Mm -hmm. it would be great if that's where your next real energy went. You know, you've been, you're obviously living on far less than what you make and that means you'll actually need less to live on in retirement because you're living a lower voltage lifestyle but big effort into saving what do each of you have available to you are both of you working or are you staying one of you staying home now with three
3: little ones um, we actually both work my husband is a state employee so he has a pension plan that we've been contributing to we've been doing the maximum match um, that his employer does which is seven percent and then i have a 401k plan that i've been also doing the five percent which is the maximum match at my work
0: All right so that's where i would step it up is i would increase now that you'll have the mortgage out of the way i would increase the percent of your pay you're putting into the plan stretching beyond the match or setting up each of you setting up your own roth iras Okay. which you're allowed to put $5,500 into each. Now, in your family culture, are these three kids going to college? Is that like what their destiny is going to be, or is that not a priority? Where is that ride in I, your family?
3: I think college will be in the, fu- in the future, so I think that's something we definitely need to think about so, long-term.
0: So the that would be following putting money aside either more in – your 401k in his retirement plan with the government or uh, doing a Roth IRA, the next step would be putting money in a state-sponsored 529 college savings plan. And that allows allows you to grow money tax-free for eligible college expenses. And so the money grows tax-free over the years and then spent on college is spent tax-free. And you have the advantage that, let's say your oldest ends up scholarshiping out or decides not to go to college or whatever, you're allowed to transfer the money that you put aside for the oldest as a beneficiary to the benefit of either of the next two.
3: Okay,
0: got it. And I have just painstakingly researched all the non commissioned 529 plans in the country, and I've just put up my revised guide that will give you the steps to choose the best plan for your kids okay got it and can i say one other thing the two of you have Mm -hmm. worked so hard to end up being debt-free and owning a very expensive home completely Mm -hmm. debt-free do something to splurge just for the two of you
3: okay Yeah, we were actually talking about maybe taking a vacation early next year, just do something fun to kind of reward ourselves for all the hard work.
0: Exactly, because it shouldn't always be about just hitting the goal of being debt-free. There should also be something that you you reward yourself with as the prize for what you've done. And if it's a trip somewhere, that sounds great. And best to both of you, three young kids in the household – living a debt-free existence, living well below your means. Outstanding. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mark.
4: Hey, how are you doing, Clark?
0: Great, thank you, Mark. How can I be of service?
4: I have kind of an interesting question for you, I think, at least from my perspective, it's interesting. Um, With the recent legalization of marijuana in Canada, there have been seemingly been endless opportunities to invest in that industry, and um, from what I've seen on a variety of different um, online platforms, um, there was a huge excitement before this happened, and as the uh, official legalization day came and went, we've seen a significant decrease in the value of the stock of of their uh, organizations up there. Exactly. Your stocks. So is that something that you would kind of let play out for a while to see how it goes? Or is it a situation where potentially you can get in now at a low price point per share and, and you know, reap reap rewards five, 10 years down the road.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So my belief is that as marijuana becomes legal as it's become legal across Canada, as it becomes legal in more and more of the United States, and ultimately at some point will be an investable asset in the United States. The risk is too high right now in that there are speculative investments. You know, there's going to be a shakeout period, and anybody who ends up making a lot of money early in investing in Canadian marijuana stocks is going to be someone who is lucky. And so if the goal is, if you're you're somebody who's a gambling kind of personality, you could take money and spread it around a a number of the Canadian marijuana stocks, but my druthers would be to wait a while, let the market shake out, and there will be uh, more losers than winners as the market legalizes and i would give it some time and but that's really that's my personality as an investor i'm an incrementalist you know what i mean by that mark i'm 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 never trying to you know throw the long ball i'm trying to complete the pass for the first down
4: yeah exactly not looking for the big home run, right? The, 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 well, you can't
0: get baseball references day. now because baseball's over till spring training in February. <laughs> but anyway, um, as far as as making a decision, it's got to suit your personality. And yeah. I, you know, I read all the financial press. It seems it's out there every day, and there's various columns about. Well, these are the marijuana stocks you should be following, or these are the ones you should be investing yeah. in, but. Those are at best educated guesses, because in a newly legalized industry, you can't figure out who the real winners are going to be early.
4: Yep, and that's kind of what my thoughts were too. I appreciate the perspective because I, you know, if i was looking at specific companies and prior to the legalization, there are there's one particular company that. At its stock valued in the $300 per share range, and now it's trading for about $90. Um, And that's even, from what I'm reading, that's even extremely overvalued. Uh, And that is
0: the risk, because these uh, marijuana stocks are what are known as story stocks, that the whole narrative about how this is going to unleash a huge wave of capitalism as an industry becomes legal, the reality is that marijuana has been operating In a twilight zone for a long time, it has already been an industry meeting the demand in the marketplace, and there's actually additional expenses involved as marijuana becomes legal with taxation and regulation that may make it less profitable as a legal activity than it was in the twilight zone. Diane joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Diane. How you doing?
1: I'm great, Clark. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Sure, Diane. The federal government wants to waste a lot of your time. What do they want from you?
1: Absolutely, Clark. About two weeks ago, I received a notice in the mail concerning a national survey and saying to go online and complete this survey. Um, I thought it was a scam, and I just trashed the letter. Um, Many years ago about seven or eight years ago, I actually was duped by the jury scam. So I have been, yes, and lost some money. So I try very hard to steer away from any additional scams. Um, About uh, last week, I received a second letter in the mail, along with a 28-page form.
0: The community census? Is that what it's called? Community census? What do they call that survey?
1: American Community Survey.
0: All right, so let me tell you what this is. The Census Bureau uh, uses an act of Congress and a decision of the Supreme Court. The decision of the Supreme Court happened like 150 years ago that allows the Census Bureau to ask all kinds of intrusive personal questions, the benefit of which flows to American industry collecting data that helps companies figure out what products and services to sell you so your free time is used to help companies make money now here's my recommendation to you if you find the questions on the community survey to be too intrusive i do answer just the most basic things and wherever it seems inappropriate Just pick the choice for not applicable or something like that. Oh, Just humor them. Answer what you're comfortable with. Don't answer what you're not comfortable with.
1: Okay, great, Clark.
0: And send it in, and hopefully they will leave you alone at the Census Bureau. But I resent the power of the federal government being used to do a data collection service for private companies so they can make more money targeting us and selling us stuff you're listening to the clark howard show thanks for joining us today the clark howard show is produced by kim Drobes, joel larsgaard deborah reese and jim ayers and remember 24 hours a day we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com